Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Ladies and gentlemen, a contentious first three words by today's standards. I would like to welcome on the edge, Colin Wright. Colin is an evolutionary biologist, writer and founding editor of Reality's Last Stand Substack that is dedicated to content about sex differences from a gender critical perspective. He is a contributing editor for the publication Quillette and the academic advisor for evidence-based gender medicine. So you get where this is going. I'm fortunate enough to have a wide and diverse audience. Some people are into the gender ideology stuff and I respect that providing that they respect others who don't buy into it. I understand if you want to skip this episode and others like it, but I do hope you stick it out and hear what Colin has to say. He is an evolutionary biologist after all. I think it's important still to reiterate that I am a huge supporter of trans rights, the rights for a trans person to exist, to work, to be happy, to do all the things that anyone else can do. I don't believe, however, that trans women literally, literally are women because they're not. And this podcast deals with magical thinking so much with regards to cults and ideologies that it would be hypocritical and cowardly of me, I think, to just pretend something into reality. I always go back to that Bertrand Russell quote, my favorite one. I want to get it tattooed on my face. Never let yourself be diverted either by what you wish to believe or by what you think would have beneficent social effects if it were believed. But look only and solely at what are the facts. None of that means we should ever lose our humanity or lose sight of the human at the center of trans rights, which is more often than not trans people. I can't imagine how hard it must be for many of them. Many of them are the victims of hate crimes uh, and the lengths they go to to change their bodies through excruciating surgeries. I mean, I'm too scared to just get a little nose surgery thing because I can't breathe properly and it scares the hell out of me just the idea of being put to sleep and then fiddling around in my nose. Uh, so the things they go to, the lengths they go to, is just extraordinary and it shows how important that is to them. Uh, I think you can not believe in magical woo-woo about gender while also retaining empathy and solidarity with the people at the heart of it. Or maybe I'm trying to have my cake and eat it. I don't know. You're welcome to get in touch with either of us, Colin or I, with polite rebuttals, other viewpoints, disparate beliefs, whatever. You'll find Colin Wright on at Please Swipe Right on Twitter and Just Swipe Right on Instagram. I'm on Andrew Gold underscore OK on both. And you can find me now on TikTok on The Edge with Andrew Gold. It's on there. 
Like most of my Saturday episodes, this was originally filmed live for the Sean Atwood YouTube channel, organised by the lovely Ash Meekle producer, and can be found as part of a four-hour episode on the Sean Atwood True Crime podcast. Stick around for some big episodes coming up on on the edge, including Monica Bijamisar, a journalist who was accused by the Venezuelan president of being a spy, and Sarah Ferris about how her sister conned a con artist. But now you're on the edge of gender critical science with science writer Colin Wright. How are you doing, Colin? Hey, doing well. I don't I don't know why it says my name was swipe right on there. That's my Twitter handle. I must have entered it somewhere. Online, that's so. what I. That's exactly what I thought. Hey, is there a way to get the camera slightly down on you and I'll sort of go? Because otherwise, yeah. I look like I'm sort of towering over you. Yeah. And I'll sort of I'll, I'll sludge down a bit as well. Um, I was about. You know what? I came very close to starting by joking by saying, <laughs> "What are your pronouns?" And then I thought that's probably happened a <laughs> hundred times. Has that happened to you before? Actually, actually um, no one's ever asked me my pronouns before, <laughs> which is funny because yeah, I've like written all about it. No, I'm not going to do it now because I've told you the joke. It's ruined it now, isn't it? It's all, it's all over. Um, tell us a bit about your background and Quillette and all that stuff. Yeah, so I was um, originally uh, an evolutionary biologist. I was an academic scientist until about uh, 2020. So um, I was a postdoc at Penn State up until then. I had increasingly started seeing a lot of my colleagues making arguments, making false claims about the nature of biological sex, saying that maybe there's six sexes, maybe sex is a social construct, maybe maybe it's a spectrum, and maybe you can just identify as whatever sex you want, um, and then that becomes literally true. Um, this sounded ridiculous to me, as I think it should any biologist, and so I, uh, you know, I kept my head down for a while because I noticed that a lot of the pushback I was getting wasn't of the factual nature, it was much more of just like shouting me down and calling me names. Um, I eventually got really tired of it because of the whole reason I got into science was to be able to ask these type of questions and engage with people based on the facts and, you know, like, like a biologist should, should do, like scientists would, would do. Um, so I ended up writing an article for Quillette called The New Evolution Deniers that was in 2018. It went really viral. Um, long story short, a lot of people attacked me online for it. It got pretty... Uh, pretty heated for a bit, and I eventually left academia because people were trying to cancel me and ruin my reputation in the field. Um, I then took a job at Quillette as their managing editor. I worked there for about two years. I continued to write about all the sex and gender type stuff. Um, and then I recently, just as uh, I think about a month ago, went fully independent, so I kind of write about this full-time for my own Substack publication called Reality's Last Stand. Uh, and that's what I'm doing now, and that brings me here today. Yeah. And is this something, I guess, like a lot of us who maybe didn't consider ourselves even that politically involved originally, or like, why would I care that much about some sort of social movement one way or the other, have found ourselves sort of looped in. And now that's like your thing. Is that, did you ever envisage that? No. I mean, if, if you were to ask me, you know, five years ago, if this, if you could, if, if I knew that I would be the one just telling people that males and females are real and having the birds and bees conversation with everyone for like a professionally, there's no way I would have possibly believed that. Um, and, you know, I don't even see myself as being in a political space too, because I'm not really, I don't talk politics. I just sort of deconstruct ideologies as I see them. And I've always sort of been in that space of debunking things. It's kind of why I became an evolutionary biologist in the first place. 
I was very much, you know, the person that was writing articles about debunking like intelligent design and creationism from an evolutionary perspective. Uh, and then, you know, that was widely seen as being okay because all my colleagues were uh, evolutionary biologists and, you know, they're usually on the political left. And the people who are arguing for intelligent design and creationism were like Christian conservatives who were not really in the universities. But then when I started applying those same methods of debunking things and picking arguments apart to like the arguments that were coming from my colleagues about this, these ideas about sex, the dynamic was completely different. It wasn't even about facts anymore. It just became, uh, you know, I was, I was a transphobe. I was, you know, they throw other things like I'm a racist, just everything to see what would stick. Um, and that, that was really surprising to me. And yeah, that's, I mean, I've not been called many different things over the years, but there's been a few times where I've been on Twitter and then someone was coming on my podcast and then someone else said, oh, careful, he's a transphobe. And I thought, what? It was so painful. It actually really hurt. And I guess it's because of the first few times. I got it quite a few times. Um, and I just thought, I can't believe, I'm a phobe of some kind. I don't think I'm a phobe of some kind. You're getting like every day, like loads of stuff. Do you get desensitized or does it, did it hurt initially? It hurt a lot initially because initially it wasn't coming from strangers online. It was coming from my really close friends and colleagues who mm. up until recently I'd come to trust and really admire. And, um, and yeah, so it was, you know, fortunately my family's always been incredibly supportive, but yeah, it's, it's really tough when your entire friend circle and professional circle just start calling you out. And no matter how much I protested and tried to make this just about the facts for some reason, in a group of scientists, that they weren't open to that sort of argumentation. It just always diverted to, I'm erasing the existence of so-and-so identity. Um, and I couldn't get them out of that line of thinking as much as I tried as, as saying like, you made these arguments about biology, here's why these arguments are wrong. And they took my arguments as not attacking an argument or an idea, but attacking a group of people who was using these arguments as some validation of their identity or something. I don't care about people on Twitter, you know, trying to dunk on me or something and calling me names. It mattered early on because I was trying to get academic jobs and it's not going to look very good on a search committee when they're Googling my name and seeing thousands of comments calling me something phobe. Um, but now that I'm out of academia, it really it doesn't bother me at all. I think that there are many different arguments on, I guess, on both sides to an extent. I mean, but there are many different arguments against um, gender ideology. And I've seen people come at it, some people, and it depends what people are interested in. So obviously, as a scientist yourself, that's that's the sort of truth of science is what you're, uh, where you're coming from. And then you get some people like a friend of mine just had a child and like, it's all about the child thing. What will my child be pressured into and social contagion and that kind of thing. Um, and then for me, I think I'm more similar to you in that. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I guess as a journalist, it's just about truth is the most important thing for me. And you get this, and it's that fundamental thing of just like are trans women women and like it's it's so obvious to me that obviously they're not and i know that's a whole apparently that's a horrible thing but it's like i are you it just seems mad and then i start thinking because it's just the chromosomes aren't right no i mean but then i interviewed someone yesterday david mccraney who talks about like how, how minds change he's really interested in that stuff and he was talking about how the, the way you can change people's minds and if they're wrong and what if i'm wrong kind of thing and he talks to people and he says like how sure are you out of 10 and if it's not like a 10 or a 9 you might be able to change their way so where are you on that like 
on on the on this thing are, are you 10 out of 10 this is like the whole trans um the gender ideology is wrong well i mean the statements they make the factual claims that they make about biology i'm pretty certain are wrong you know as a scientist i'm going to leave open that little door to maybe someone's going to have an argument that just floors me and i always have to leave the door open to that but i'm as i'm i'm not absolutely sure but i'm like maximally sure i would be completely shocked if it turns out that hey you can actually you can just identify as whatever sex that you want to like i don't see how that could possibly be true but maybe devil's <laughs> open the door what, for me. what if they're what if they're speaking I always wonder if we're talking at crosshairs when, when I talk to people like that, because I wonder, are they speaking abstractly and I'm speaking scientifically? So when they say a trans woman is, literally is a woman, they don't actually mean is in the way that you and I might mean it. Yeah, so th there's like these two halves of the whole gender debate. There's what I initially started out arguing against was people are making false claims about biology. Initially, like my first articles had nothing to do with like the gender ideology itself. It was mainly just, here's what they're wrong about biology. They're making false claims about what intersex conditions are. They're making mm. false claims about what it means to be a male or a female. And it was just a really biological, like here's what they're getting wrong, uh, et cetera. It was only some later pieces where I went more into depth and said like, well, where are these ideas coming from? Why are people making these terrible arguments about what sex is, what intersex people are. And that's when the whole gender ideology comes out of the woodwork. Um, and it really just holds that being, uh, well, they kind of conflate everything together, but um, when you really press them on something, they think that being a man or a woman or a boy or a girl, these are identity categories. These categories um, refer to like these social norms and expectations that society inflicts on individuals based on their perceived sex. Um, and they think the doctors are assigning gender roles to individuals. Like when a doctor sees your genitals and say, it's a boy, they're not saying it's a male. This is in, in their minds. They're saying this is someone who's going to take on the norms and roles and expectations of masculinity or things like that. Um, so when they say that a trans woman are women, what they're saying is a trans woman, this, this male is taking on the uh, roles and expectations we commonly associate with, with females instead of males. Um, you know, that's one way to look at it. I mean, you can define being a, a man or a woman if you want to. I mean, there's nothing like, there's no true definition of these things. But if, if you want to make it just about social roles, you can do that. I, I would make sure male and female are kept very scientifically grounded in what's biologically true. Um, but the thing is, like, it's since it has this medical aspect to it, where if we're just saying that if you're an effeminate boy or if you're a really masculine girl, then this makes you a boy and this makes you a girl um, just by your degree of masculinity or femininity. You know, that's just gender non-conforming kids. This is something that's really common in nature. It's really common in humans. It's something that previously we would try to disentangle from notions of manhood or womanhood. You know, we would say to like a, a sissy boy, you know, be a man or something like that. Um, that was always done unknowing that like, well, men can be feminine or masculine women can be masculine or feminine. That doesn't make you less of a man or a woman. But what gender ideology is, it really just sort of solidifies these gender roles and saying that, well, if you are masculine, no matter if you're a male or female, then you're a man. And if you're feminine, regardless of your sex, then then you're then you're a woman. Um, I, I think it's it's a crazy ideology, I think, and it really throws wrenches in all our, our laws and 
norms that are based on the fact that men and women up until recently have been grounded in, in biological sex. Um, so that, that's really the conflict we have right now is, uh, is trying to, I guess, sort of, um, yeah, reconcile those, those differences. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn dot com slash heretics to learn more. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. Wasn't it great? There was like a maybe a 10-year period where we didn't have such solid uh, gender stereotypes. It was like finally men could sort of be what we, you know, the old world, what we associated with being feminine. They could cry. They could be sad or whatever we thought of women. And women could just be, you know, in the army and strong. And, and it was finally like the walls were, you know, not gone because they never will because I guess there is a biological difference as well. But there was finally like that freedom. And it was all, do you, do you feel like society just, it's almost like they're obsessive compulsive. It was like, we, we've got to yeah. tighten something up. We've got to control something. Exactly. I think we were really on pace to make a lot of progress on these concepts of, of gender as in these gender roles and not linking it to, you know, manhood and womanhood, but letting people just be themselves and not feel like socially pressured to, to be someone they're not, you know, if they, if, if you're a feminine boy and that's, that's perfectly fine, we should celebrate the diversity of 
behavioral variation within within males and females. Um, yeah, now it's it's gone completely the other direction. You know, I'm not sure why this has occurred. Um, as things get better, I guess people are looking there, you know, the gains that you make are just sort of diminishing over time. Uh, so it's like a diminishing returns. And so well, what better evil to then construct with than the status quo of what you just helped build up? Um, and I think a lot of people are just sort of building reputations on this now by claiming that what is actually the good way to go about things is actually this new evil that needs to be slayed. It's like, it's the only way they can really feel like they're making a difference in the world because up until recently, the gains were only going to be uh, diminishing. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a PR issue that a lot of us have because, and I've said this, but I might have said this before on this show, but that we, we call a lot, of, a lot of those people progressives, we call them liberal, uh, and that's clearly not, and, and, that's, and snowflakes is another one. I mean, I wouldn't call it, but I think conservatives did call uh, those people snow. And then it puts anyone against them. It means that we're quite hardened and unempathetic if we're not snowflakes. If we're not liberal, it means that we're, you know, conservative. If we're not, uh, whatever the other one I said, you know, you know it, it, it seems like a PR problem. Then they don't, they don't seem to realize that society doesn't always move in a way that's progressive and that it can go wrong and we have to sort of pull it back sometimes. So... Oh, I don't know. I got. Oh, go on. Go. Were you going to say something about that? Yeah, I mean, the idea of what it means to be conservative and progressive, I think, are completely flipped. Because I think sometimes things should be conserved. I think we were pretty much right with the liberal approach to, uh, you know, about gender nonconformity. I think that was the right way to go. That's something I'd like to conserve and and bring back. I think that was mm. we are making good progress. So, on this aspect, I guess I'm I'm super conservative. I want to conserve this away from. Uh, what I guess so-called progressives are doing, but I would view it as being more regressive because I think you know we were there before in in a sort of different way, um, but now we're we're solidifying the rules that we uh, that we were trying to shed ourselves of before um, with with a lot of success, and now we're just sort of regressing back on that. I've got a question from Jake Forder in the uh, in the chat. Gender identity is a result. Oh, it's just moved. Uh, gender identity is a result of postmodern belief in multiple interpretations. How can science overcome this ideological conflict? Yeah, it's it really is a mess when you get the whole postmodern aspect into it. Um, a lot of times when we when we talked about what transgender people were up until recently. These are people like Buck Angel of the world, um, the Blair Whites. You know, these are people who transitioned uh, at a time when, you know, it wasn't really ideological. It was just, you know, they had gender dysphoria, which is this extreme, this, uh, you know, anxiety they'd have, this being uncomfortable in their body. And there was no ideology necessary to it. They just felt better if they were to transition their bodies and now they're living how they want to live. But they'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you that, you know, they're, what their true sex is. They just want to live and present in the world in a certain way that makes them feel good. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. But now we have sort of the gender ideology, which is basically just like academic queer theory coming in, trying to blur lines and everything and queer everything. Um, that It's really just based in stereotypes and it's just, you know, solidified these gender roles um, and makes it people think that, you know, if they have the language for something, they can just kind of construct their own realities, that language literally constructs reality rather than language being used to describe reality. So I don't think the postmodern stuff can be reconciled with science because mm. for science to work, it needs to have, you know, there is a reality out there that we're trying to discover. Um, we might have different points of view, we might see things differently, but ultimately 
it's there and all our observations will sort of converge on something that's true and stable. That's not what the postmodern ideas have. So I, I don't see how any self-proclaimed scientist can hold a lot of these sort of beliefs uh, in alignment with gender ideology and still claim to be an objective scientist. The postmodernists in like the 70s and 80s, I think they were, I might be wrong about this, but I think they were advocating for child adults um, consensual relationships like to be legalized. Um, what how has everyone forgotten that so quickly um the foucault stuff you know and and because i think he was one of many french people who were sort of signing declarations saying they were for that so we've forgotten that so fast um and and what do you think the motivation is for the postmodern movement is it control is it something like that yeah um so i'd say first that most of like the scientists and the people who are advocating for this ideology they probably have never read Foucault whatsoever. I've I've actually only read very little, just sort of the cliff notes um, yeah, of, of what same. he's writing. He's almost impenetrable to read. I've I've attempted a few times. Ah. Um, they always are. They always are, like Judith Butler. You can't read more than yeah. like five words. Yeah, it's like this pseudo-intellectual approach where they try to make really simple ideas sound as complex as possible. Um, yeah. yeah. So what, what was your other question? Sorry. Um, just what the motivation might be behind people being postmodernist, what's what is sort of messing everything up? I, I think they see it as being liberatory in a certain way that they can, um, you know, this f freeing people to sort of live their live their true selves in a way. Um, I, I don't I don't see the how it could have possibly caught on so much, except that it sort of used the LGBT movement, um, used things like gay rights that everyone was behind, like most people were, including myself, they kind of used it as like a battering ram or a Trojan horse for the sort of queer theory that was being sort of nestled within that movement that uh, that was waiting to break out. And now that there's this widespread acceptance of everything, like, you know, gay marriage and LGBT stuff, um, a lot of people have associated sort of the rainbow flag and this community with, with everything that's good in the world. And the people who ever opposed this group are the baddies and we you cannot be on the opposite side of that rainbow flag and so i see a lot of the, the queer movement um which is like the postmodern aspect of the lgbt uh, movement they're sort of like ambulance chasing all of the good things that the that the lgbt crowd actually I, I, the, the good parts the good things that they wanted to achieve to achieve equality like gay marriage and things like that um, i just think we're, we're slow to recognize that there's something that was smuggled into that movement with the acceptance of these things. It's not to say that I don't think we should still accept gay marriage, I do, but we need to be able to call out aspects of that movement and not, not just see it as completely taboo to criticize anything about these groups because some things are really worthy of criticism and then some things are not. Sometimes the conservatives were completely wrong, like in my opinion on gay marriage. Um, just We just cannot be this tribal group where saying that, Rainbow flag is good. Anyone against it is bad, which I think is just sort of the uh, the the rule that a lot of people are just operating under. I suppose the thing with gay marriage, um, and you'd probably agree, is that there aren't really. It's harder to see victims. I don't know what the victim is of gay people being married. It doesn't affect anyone else. It's them. And I suppose you could argue, yes, but religious people, it's affecting their. Well, yes, but it's not actually doing anything to them. 
what people listening to us so far who who you know are sort of they might be agreeing with everything that's been said so far but then they might say but what's the problem what why is it bad that uh people are having to have meetings at work where they're told that they need to say their pronouns more and everyone's saying what's your pronoun and all that what is the problem with it well it's it relies on an ideology that fundamentally rejects really fundamental aspects of human biology you know males and females are real our species is sexually dimorphic and the differences between men and women matter not for all areas of society but in some contexts they do you know you shouldn't be discriminated against from being hired for a job or getting a raise um, but it matters for maybe what sports leagues you might want to compete in it matters for uh, you know certain public spaces because women are, are more vulnerable to men because men are larger and sort of uh, more prone to violence and sexual violence. Um, there's just aspects of society we need to, to acknowledge these realities. And the fact that you cannot literally change your sex, you know, it, it harms, uh, I would say, the women's rights movements because they fought so hard to have their rights, their sex-based rights. And if we're just going to define women as anyone who identifies as a woman, well, then you can't you really can't just like enforce any sex-based laws whatsoever. You know, when women didn't have the right to vote, everyone knew what a woman was. It wasn't just like you couldn't just show up there and identify as a man and then get the right to vote. It was based on their biology, their their biological sex. Uh, this is harmful, I think, to the LGBT movement, or at least the LGBs, because, you know, their very existence, what it means to be homosexual, to be attracted to the same the same sex, well, that goes away under gender ideology. You know, there are people who've called me sort of pansexual or bisexual because I said something like, you know, if Scarlett Johansson were to all of a sudden just identify as a male, like according to that ideology, I would be gay because I would still find them attractive and they'd redefined homosexuality as being same gender identity attraction rather than the attraction to the same sex. So we're going to roll back some really good ideas or not, not good ideas, but the progress I think could be made on the LGBT stuff. And then there's what's happening to kids who are, you know, they're being told that being a boy or being a girl is defined by your identification with certain roles and expectations and stereotypes. Well, this is confusing kids about the relationship between their minds and their bodies, you know, and when kids express this sort of gender confusion, some of the first pathways that go, you send them to a gender affirming therapist, they're going to recommend your kid goes on puberty blockers almost 100% of kids who go on puberty blockers continue on to cross-sex hormones, have surgeries, things like that. It's it's medicalizing gender nonconformity in a way that it shouldn't be. Um, so really, it just it harms so many aspects of, of society, I think. And um, just because biological sex is such a fundamental aspect of who we are as it, both individuals and as a species, and it, it matters for society. You were recently banned from PayPal and Etsy, which is the shopping uh, you can have your own sell things on it. I mean, that's fucking mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's it was really shocking because I, I just went independent recently. And a lot of that was because I didn't want to have a boss. I didn't want to have people telling me what I couldn't and couldn't do. So I wanted to focus on the things that I thought were most interesting. And so it was really liberating at first to be, you know, I'm in charge of my own future, my own income, uh, only to have PayPal just out of the blue send a message to me saying, you can no longer use PayPal. And then when I called them on the phone to ask about why I don't use, can't use PayPal anymore, because I was using it for, for people to send me either one-time or monthly donations. This is how I sort of make my money to some degree now. Um, 
they told me that I needed to have an attorney submit a legal subpoena to even find out why my account was banned on, on PayPal. Wow. So there's that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then there's Etsy, which is, you know, I was, was selling some merchandise and I wasn't making tons of money or anything off of it, but every once in a while I'd sell a mug or a shirt and it was nice. Um, they banned me for selling products that support or, or sorry, promote or glorify violence and hatred against, uh, against protected groups. But if you were to see what I sold on there, it's literally just my the logo. It just said Reality's Last Stand. It's the name of my my publication. With reality male what? And female, reality's Last Stand okay. uh, with a little male and female symbol. And then I had a political cartoon that I drew that was retweeted by Elon Musk like a month ago that I was selling on merchandise as well. And th those are the only things I had. Um, and I got a lifetime ban on Etsy for that as well. Very, very close to each other in, in time as well. So... Uh, yeah, at least one was on ideological grounds. I can't find out why PayPal banned me because unless I have an attorney submit uh, <laughs> a subpoena. But it's it's really horrifying when you get these payment processors becoming political, and you know they I'm just one little click away from of an angry intern for turning off all my all my revenue. So it's it's pretty horrifying. Have you considered uh, taking legal action or something because they're preventing your ability to earn a living because of your beliefs? Yeah, right? I'm I'm definitely considering moving forward on that. Like, I don't want to use PayPal, even if they were to say, oh, you're, you're right. And you can use PayPal again. Um, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use them just because it's kind of a, I think it's a risky mm -hmm. one to use now. And knowing that I was in their crosshairs before I could be in them again. Um, and, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, it wasn't a huge part of my income before I, I make most of it just through my, my sub stack and subscribers that way, which is, doesn't use PayPal. Um, but if they had don't maybe say, don't say that in case in case you sue them, it, it was a huge part of your income. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a significant and growing part of it. Um, it's fortunate that it happened earlier than later because if this had happened maybe five years down the line, when I'm you know I've accumulated a lot of money through through donors and things, this it could have been financially devastating to me. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really big issue with the payment processors. I use Stripe now, and they've claimed to be very pro free speech, but Again, you never know how their terms of service might change. You get some new management; it can change on a dime. And so, I just—you you just don't know. I have to sort of spread out my uh, my donations among as many platforms as I can, which is a, a major pain. Man, the free speech thing—I mean, it's one thing on like a social media app, and I, I still don't—I still don't like it being clamped down on. But at least it's like because that's where you're saying the words and things. But when it's like PayPal or Stripe or whatever, what, why does it even matter? Who do they think they are? Any of them to say we're a pro speech, but we're not a pro free? It's just like that's my bank account. Just yeah. off. Like that's how I yeah. earn my living. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, they, they might think that I must be more extreme than I am if this is happening. You know, they might think I'm like an Alex Jones figure or like a Milo Yiannopoulos where I'm a provocateur, like you can read all my articles, you can read my tweets. It's, I'm about as milk toast as they come. I'm just a biologist telling people that males and females are real and that it matters in certain contexts. And here's an article about what it means to be intersex. Like there's, I'm really not political and I really don't like, I'm not dunking on people on Twitter. I'm not calling people names. Um, if, if they're, if I'm sort of beyond the pale and being treated like a a domestic terrorist for what I'm doing, like we're in a lot of trouble because I, I thought I was really well in the clear room from a lot of this type of 
Uh, well, I, I follow you, and I think you do a lot of good work. Um, one last question. We've gone over time a little bit, but just um, I want to know what you think about, um, you know, the Leah Thomas, Leah Thomas being, um, God, that's a that's a wrong one to mispronounce. <laughs> Leah Thomas, who, uh, <laughs> she was the swimmer who won all the races, and uh, that's been reversed, and swimming now trans people can't, trans women can't be in the, the races. Uh, what do you think that will change yeah, it was a really good move by FINA, who is the governing body of a lot of the sort of world sports organizations. Um, they made it so if you're a trans woman and you had gone through transition before you're 12 years old, then you're allowed to compete. But anyone who transitioned after is not. You know, that covers just about every, you know, major source of variation. I still don't see why they can't just say that males can't compete in female sports. Like the fact that you, they just want to move the goalpost and leave the door open for some males to compete in female sports. I think it's, it's just makes it so there could be more issues down the line. Um, it's, if we're going to make a, if we, if there has to be a compromise between fairness and inclusion, that's probably as, as yeah. much as I'd be willing to relinquish because it covers just about every, every case, but there's still, you leave that loophole. Um, and even before puberty, there are sex differences in athletic ability. So it really doesn't cover everything but it is a huge move forward um so i'm 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 for it i just think you know there's just no reason to leave that door open yeah they moved the overton window and now we're sort of accepting something that exactly, had it just yeah. been starting like that would have been outraged a friend exactly. of mine was saying um a girl she was saying um that if by you know the fate of whatever our biology if it was that women were actually better at sports than men so that them being trans gave them an advantage in sports she reckons that that would have been shut down immediately like if men were being like outdone by women now coming over and doing it like mm -hmm. that, that, would, that would be it you know yeah no for sure I, we've we've just gone so far extreme where just any little compromise is seen as like a huge win um but we we never should have had to be in this position in the first place like this is why female sports existed um, because everyone yeah. knows, everyone knows it, <laughs> that males are, have a, a extreme competitive advantage over females and that a female isn't just a male with low testosterone. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Where can people, uh, find you and where you've not been banned or anything? So I'm not banned on Twitter. <laughs> and so they can follow me. My handle is, uh, swipe right. And that's swipe and then W R I G H T. Uh, and then uh, my newsletter is realitieslaststand.com. Uh, and that's where you can find publications on why sex is in the spectrum, um, more articles from people, usually around the sex and gender stuff, but it's expanding a little more to just uh, sort of criticizing the, the critical social justice approach to, to the world. So yeah, definitely check those out. Well, you do some great work. Thank you so much for coming on and have a lovely evening, Colin. Hey, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you, Colin Wright, for coming on The Edge. Colin is someone I'd wanted to get on this show for quite some time, so I'm really happy that events 
conspired so that I could interview him. Those events were conspired by producer Ash Meikle, who got him on the Sean Atwood show for me to interview. So thank you to those guys. Do go check out Sean's YouTube channel and audio podcast. What do you think about all this gender critical and gender, gender ideology stuff? Get in touch to let me know on Gold underscore OK on Twitter and Instagram. Colin is on Please Swipe Right on Twitter. On Instagram, he's on just swipe right thanks to those of you who have signed up on patreon recently um recent ones include elgin Strait, who is coming on next week to discuss the killing of japan's former prime minister and the moonies cult so thank you elgin uh, it's lovely when a guest an interviewee signs up and helps the podcast to grow and everything others are grant t jessica m and eric mint maun I think I've said his name right. He, he told me exactly how to say it and stuff. And he seems like a very lovely man as well. So thank you so much uh, to Eric Mint Maung. Um, and you can sign up on patreon.com slash Andrew Gold and help support the podcast. And there's occasional bonus episodes and things and ad-free episodes. Meanwhile, I would love it if you could uh, review on Apple Podcasts. That helps me to get more big guests because they can see that it's got loads of reviews. I got a five-star one from Nikki C. Yabba in the United States who wrote, profound, inspiring, Andrew cuts through societal noise and stigma to remind us that living on the edge is what truly makes us human. Thank you, Nikki. That's a lovely one. I got another five-star one in the US from Pelcher314 who wrote, interesting and fresh. Andrew Gold brings fresh and enthusiastic energy to his podcast. His guests are in the thick of our culture's diverse problems. Each guest is unique. I found his podcast unique and not a repetition of other stories online. Ah, oh, well, thank you, Pelcher. I love that. To some extent, there'll be a repetition, though, because I have to find them somewhere, and it's usually online. But I try to I try to surf the, the, the sort of most obscure corners of the internet to find some of these stories. Um, I've got a bad one here. You've got to have some bad ones, don't you? One star from Johnny Cyril Brooks, who wrote with capital and, and, and what do you call them, little letters as well, enlightened centrism. To, I think it's to make me look stupid. And they wrote, actually grouped Adolf Hitler and Bernie Sanders into the same sentence. Tells you all you need to know about this posh boy centrist. Bloody hell. Thanks, Johnny. Unfortunately, I don't remember which episode that Johnny is referring to, so I don't know when I might have said Adolf Hitler and Bernie Sanders in the same sentence. But to clear up any confusion, if there is confusion about my stance on the comparison between Hitler and Bernie Sanders, is that Hitler was one of the worst mass murderers of all time, and Bernie Sanders is a politician, a left-wing politician, who seems like a fairly nice chap but whose politics I find a little bit idealistic and naive. Um, and that's it. That's about as far as I... I don't know. Maybe someone can get in touch and let me know because I'm pretty sure that... Um, what was it? Johnny Cyril Brooks is not listening anymore if you gave me a one star. But if someone can remember what I said about them, it was probably something ridiculous that I don't even believe anymore. Uh, but just to reiterate, Bernie Sanders, Adolf Hitler, very, very, very different. In fact, you know, Bernie Sanders would have been a, a victim of Hitler's. Um, that doesn't mean they can't crop up in the same sentence, though. And I would just say, though, again, I doubt that, you know, Johnny's listening, that Johnny also grouped Hitler and Sanders into the same sentence. So also calling me a posh boy centrist. What is that? What's that got to do with the price of a little ad hominem attack there? So in any case, I wish Johnny the best and I hope he's doing well in his life. Um, 
and he's well you know you've got to have the good with the bad and take some other stuff you know take the bad on board as well um there's always going to be haters that's all for now thanks to those of you who do enjoy me putting different people in the same sentences and and hope you enjoy the big big episodes coming up soon it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.